As you listen to this, summer is probably coming to an end or it might be well over in the Northern Hemisphere. But as I record this, it's the weekend that is closest to the summer solstice. And I am in a park in the border city of Carlisle, just over the border in England. And there's quite a lot of cyclists around me and they're gathering for an event that is called Ride to the Sun. I've filmed it once, I've ridden it once, and I have to say it is one of the most unusual and very special events I have ever come across. The idea is to ride 100 miles from Carlisle to a place just north of Edinburgh called Crammond. And the ride is through the night, arriving there for sunrise, which tomorrow morning will be at 04.27, 4.30 in the morning. It'll start getting light at about half past three. And the route will take us out of this busy city. It'll take us up into the borders to the town of Moffat, where a chip shop will be staying open late for us. Uh, then there's a big climb up something called the Devil's Beef Tub. And then a long descent in the dark, in the night, full lights needed. We then get to a cycle rave because what was an abandoned public house, pub or hotel called the Crook Inn, it's now become a community inn, uh, is, is the scene of the most amazing light laser and disco show in the middle of the night that is verging on the surreal. Then it's a strange cold period before you get into Edinburgh in the early hours, just as the Pubs and clubs are throwing out. You've got to negotiate the city, try and not get your wheels caught in tram lines and reach, as I say, the beach at Crammond just to see the sun rising over Crammond Island, which is just out to sea. So that's what lies ahead of me. People are gathering now in the park and you've got to really pick your time as to when to leave. If you leave too early, it's got to be a lot of hanging around in the end before the sun rises. Uh, if you leave too late, you might miss it. Some people, the really keen ones, have ridden here, uh, starting in all sorts of different places. Others, well, others just, this could be their very first 100-mile ride. And if it's something you fancy doing, as in a 100-mile ride, this is a superb one to start with. Most cyclists get here by coach, their bikes carried in a separate van, all laid on by Crammond's scout troop. I'd booked a place, but one of the organizers, Gary Cameron, offered me a seat in his car. And one of the other occupants asked Gary how the whole ride to the sun thing started. So I turned on my recorder for the reply. Um, so I think it was 2015 and Fraser was training to do an Ironman and he was obviously both of us at that time busier, the kids were much younger. So struggling to get in enough time at the weekend to do a lot of cycling. So he said to me, how do you fancy getting the train down to Carlisle one night and we'll cycle back from Carlisle and, you know, well he asked a few people actually and I was one of the people stupid enough to think, well that sounds like a good idea to cycle back overnight. So we did it and obviously you're on the bike together for a long time and we just got chatting and then there's an, there's an overnight event down in uh, London way called the Dunwich Dynamo and I kind of heard of it but none of us had done it and then we kind of thought how about if we did this route and kind of did it as a similar thing 
you know, kind of overnight and see if many people would be cool for doing it. And then before you know it, we've put a website up, we've put it out there and what we thought would be in the first year would maybe get 50 people because it's a bit of an oddball thing to do. I think the first year we had about 300 people doing it and then it just grew from there. Next year it was 500 and the year after that it was about seven, 800 people. So yeah, it just kind of grew from there really. I suppose it's one of these things when you start doing them, you kind of never know where it'll end up. You know, we had no huge design to grow it into a big event. We just kind of thought, do you know what, we'll put the idea out there and see if people like it. And I think because it's free and I think because it's done in a bit of just a spirit of adventure more than the kind of a... I mean, it's organised, but it's semi-organised, if you know what I mean. And I think there's just so much goodwill towards the event itself. You know, people just buy it in the spirit of it and, you know, it's not about racing, it's just about doing something a bit different. We drive into Carlisle at about 4pm and already some people are leaving. I get my bike set up for the ride, I start doing some filming. Oh, oh yes, I did make a video of the ride and there's a link to that in the show notes. Gary and his co-organiser, Fraser Maxwell, are greeting people and I have to spirit them away to a quiet, if windy, park bench to continue our conversation. It is free to do and I think people like that and I think people give us a lot of... Um, good grace because of that I would yep. say and I think you know there's certain unique elements like Linda in the chip shop a piper at the top of the beef tub and a rave and free beer at the finish and I think all of those things combined to create something very unique and different and it it captures people's imagination yeah. one of our friends decided described Ride to the Sun as like a cycling flash mob and I think there's a bit of an element of that the kind of homespun nature of it it's not corporate it's people turning up for the same reasons, just to ride their bike, have a little bit of that sense of adventure because it's overnight and it's a little bit different. We've asked people to help or to do things and they've always just been so accommodating and so willing to pitch in. And I think just, I think all of that is just a little bit infectious. Do you not get fed up of having to do this though, every year now though? Uh, so, so Was that hesitation? So, so I think in the, in, in the two weeks beforehand, it feels like a bit of a ball ache. And then we will literally be buzzing at five o'clock tomorrow morning and the excitement and the adrenaline will be going and then you see the comments on Facebook or social media and you see the money that it raises for Fresh Start. The whole thing wouldn't have happened without Linda and the Moffat Chippy. We rely on somebody piping at midnight, getting it eaten alive by midges for three hours. Ian and Neil, who do the Crook Inn Rave, we rely on them. There's a band of people, a group of people at the Kirk Hall to do... Um, the food and the hot drinks and then Stuart Brewing you know give us all the beers cycle off Scotland give them out it's actually a massive team effort and we don't do that much he, he does he does more than me but it, it kind of grew I'm getting a bit, a bit closer here it kind of grew organically didn't it it was not that you set out like what are the ingredients I need to bake this particular event 100% it grew organically because you know we didn't from year one we didn't think you know we're going to we didn't think it was going to be a multi-year event. We didn't think, you know, that it was going to grow to the size that it did. But like I said before, that those, those kind of happy circumstances and people buying into it give us the drive. I was going to say drive to keep it doing, but it, drive would kind of infer that, that it's a it is a, a bind for us or a lot of work, and it, it never really feels like that. And I remember Fraser said one year that 
we might be the faces of us, but we're not even the bonniest faces. Or faces, but you know, it is that band of people behind it that when we ask or you know we say to them, could you help us with this? Could you get up and cook bacon rolls at two in the morning for 600 cyclists? People are willing to put their hand up and say yes. And I do think we do get a lot of goodwill because people know that we genuinely do it for the love of the event and the love of cycling and getting people on their bikes. Ride to the Sun will never be a cost to enter event. It will always be, you know, I, the way rather, it is. That's great audio, is them going fast <laughs> yeah, yeah. there, isn't it? I, I'd rather kill it than charge anybody a fiver. Right. Even even just about because you could charge a lot for this, couldn't you? Yeah, but but I think that's when goodwill goes out the yeah. window in the blink of an eye. Actually, I yeah. think as soon as money's involved, people's perceptions are different. And they've all just arrived there in Team Strip, haven't they? Yeah. yeah. It's going to be a different challenge. I've noticed this in the years I've watched this and maybe participated. Is that it's a different challenge depending on where you are with your cycling. Uh-huh. So so for some people. Well, you talk to me about the rail and range of challenge because I know some people this will be their first hundred miler and they'll be beside themselves with worry. I, I was chatting about that on the uh, to Henry in the car on the way down, and actually it surprises me that so many people do this as their first century ride um, because you would think you would do your first century ride in the daylight, not throwing in an overnight uh, and all that that brings. But people, there's something there's something unique about it that sucks people in to do it and I think if you look at the feedback it mentions camaraderie and friendly nature inclusivity and I think that resonates with people and I think that draws in the first timers Mm -hmm. and then there's the people that are doing this as part just 100 miles as part of a 300 mile Odax today and that's but I, I think that's amazing that it brings in the super serious cyclist to people on hybrids doing a century for the first time and that I, I love that aspect of it there was a chap one <clears throat> there was a chap one year who came down on his pretty old looking mountain bike with knobbly tires a pair of cords and his brogues on and his berry and literally <laughs> took off his berry put on his cycling hat and that was him away to do ride to the sun you know and then you you've got the other side of the spectrum like Fraser says people who are pretty serious and want to just get up the road as quickly as possible but I remember last year we got an email from our girl who said that she'd turned up to our local cycling club they were all a little bit snippy with her because she had, you know, a flat bar bike and nut clip-on shoes and stuff like that and it put her off cycling and then she came up, came to Ride to the Sun and she said, you know what, that's given me the confidence because I did my 100 miles, it was tough, it was a challenge but it's given me the confidence to go and find another cycling group which has subsequently found and has fallen in love with cycling. So I think, for not speaking for both of us, but I think Ride to the Sun has that unique ability to create so many genuine moments for people and it might be a moment in the dark when you're on your own and you think that you're struggling or it might be that moment last year with the girl playing the accordion on the beach you know can you tell me a bit more about that i can fraser can tell you because you know a bit more about that i I might get emotional because i'm still emotional um i saw i saw the video yeah so um i was it was just after sunrise last year and um there was these two ladies just got together an accordion and something else and they sat on the wall at Cram and Seafront and they started to play and then I just turned and the gentleman said oh that's my wife and I was like oh that's amazing what a thing to do to bring an accordion to the finish of the event and it was magical and then there was this sort of pause and he said uh she's got terminal cancer and she's not going to be here next year and um he just 
we swapped messages today and just mm. I'd posted something about last year's event just on social media the last couple of days but he just said she didn't even make it to the end of last year she passed away um, but he just said that it was a magical moment that was it was on her bucket list to do and the playing the accordion and uh, with a friend just as the sun came up was just a special moment because it was a, it was a perfect it was a perfect sunrise as well yeah and the sun was rising right behind them when they were playing their instruments um, but you do go out, not this, not in this case, but you do go out of your way to create moments. You did, you arranged that chippy. Okay, there was a functional point to it, but you didn't have to, and yet everybody's together there. And and the piper, yeah. and the the rave, which initially you didn't used to tell people about, did no, you? So, but, 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 so my miss... Sorry, my, Gary, but there's a little border terrier just aww, walking past. Hello. Hello. So, slight sidetrack, we both got boarded. Sorry, there you go. <laughs> so in my youth, I spent a lot of time at raves in the middle of fields, not knowing where I was going to be going and getting bus there. So when I saw the crook in, and I think it was year one, I thought, Do you know what, that is the perfect place where we could potentially have a rave. Because this and was I, in like an abandoned pub. It's yeah, up a long valley. Yeah, yeah, miles from in, anywhere. In, in, in the border somewhere. Yeah. It's completely deserted. There's yeah. no light. If yeah. you turn around and look yeah. 360 degrees, you yeah. cannot see a light. And I didn't know there wasn't really that many houses near it, which is good um, because of the amount of noise that we now create at it. But I knew there was a power supply because I knew that. So I can't remember how we're gotten. So there was there was a heritable trust that we're trying to buy it. And I said to him, look, is there any chance? And again, a ride to the sun, happy circumstance, it feels like, because we had no vision of making it what it is now. We just thought, you know, we'll get our friend along who knew he was the DJ and he can come along and, you know, play some tunes, we'll maybe get some lights. And Neil and Shep have almost taken that element of Ride to the Sun on as their own and it feels like they own it. And every year they've added lasers, they've added smoke machine, a bigger sound system. The people from the Crook Inn, now we're going to open and sell coffees because now got their wee shop going. Because it's been bought and turned into a community yeah. pub. Yeah, yeah. It has it's, been, yeah. Been, it's been turned, since, since we started doing it, the community have bought it and are in the process of renovating it to make it into like a, a community hub resource that they can then use. So that's great. So they're, they're now raising a few quid. But the people from the community now come and spend the evening there. Uh, oh, but the camper vanners weren't very impressed. So I think that was 2018, and there was a, a couple had just parked at the far end of the, the Crook Inn car park and had already sort of uh, settled down for the night. And then Neil and Shep turned up and got the DJ set lined up, and then all sorts of paraphernalia was between the road and the camp van, so they couldn't escape. And um, then the music starts for about four hours. And uh, it was one of those Facebook messages that I actually missed. And I I saw it about 10 months later. And and the guide uh, messaged us and just said, I was an old raver back in the day. I absolutely loved it. it. Wife, not quite so much. (laughs) The The funniest thing for me is... You know it wouldn't be like a house party where the music starts at two and then slowly gets put up to ten. DJ Neil had decks up, max volume, needle on, right, boom, and this woman must have sat bolt right up in her bed and going, what is this? this?" So so one of the magical moments that I remember is that Gary had the idea for the Crook Inn and we told people, you're going to get a surprise this year, but we didn't tell them what or where or when. And I was cycling down off the beef tub with these two guys and just chatting away and I knew what was coming up. And we got about a mile away and I could just see the sort of glimmer of lights 
and you could just start to hear it. And this guy turned to me and said, it's the middle of the night and I'm tired, but I'm delirious. I can hear music. And I was just like, no, you, <laughs> you can't. And he's like, I can, I can. And then just as we got closer, he was like, bloody hell, there's a rave. <laughs> and just just the, the sort of joy on his face, the surprise. And then there was the, what the hell have you guys done to make this happen in that location? It was sort of magical. And then I think we, we, we always thought that the Devil's Beef Tub is 50 miles, so it's halfway, and it's the highest point of the route. So it's, in inverted commas, downhill all the way from there. We always felt as if we needed to do something at the at the top of the Beef Tub. And it, again, it was just a happy mm. accident just to think, do we do fireworks or do we do something? And just the pipers... Again, Linda in Moffat sorted out the pipers for us. Oh, oh, incidentally, you might have a piper for next year, mightn't you? We might do. Ian, who we gave a lift down, his son Ewan is a piper. So if we're short a piper, we can... He's volunteered. Uh, he's he's, he's volunteered Ewan. He doesn't know about the midges. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know if he's allergic The mythical yet, midges. Uh, that don't exist. Um, do you think you've got it right now? Or could you see a tweak happening sometime in the future? What would you say? So I think... So we've talked about doing different things and it's like, you know, do we, you know, add a bit more of a kind of Café Del Mar vibe down at the front when the sun's coming up and, you know, have the kind of mellow tunes playing. But then there's part of it goes, well, you know, if you do that, then you miss the opportunities for the women who came along with the accordion and yeah. that's then us controlling the end. Yeah. And I think at the end... Having and you've got just... a lot going on at the end already with the... Yeah. Because yeah. we haven't actually spoken about the scouts, have we? No. Because the way they've got involved. Sorry. sorry it's yeah. So, so um, never say never. Will we tune or fine tune or do different things? But I think, as things stand at the moment, it's 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 in our eyes pretty perfect. I think the only feedback we've had is actually about the start, and actually, could we have something that created a bit more of a focal point here? Yeah. Um, does Be- it? Because you don't actually want a start time do you because the whole idea is if you are riding to the sun for me i think the challenge is leaving at the right time so you're not hanging around at the end too much but you don't miss it yeah but 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 for me the main things linda's chippy the piper at the beef tub the crook in and then the seafront and the kirk hall yeah personally i wouldn't change it it just feels right let's just talk about the scouts because this has ended up generating quite a lot of cash for various charities, in particular Cram and Scouts, who do work for it. Just explain to me how they got involved and, well, not how, but what is their involvement now? Because someone listening to this by now is thinking, right, this is on my list, I'm going to be doing it, but how on earth do I work the logistics of it? And this is where the Scouts come in. Yeah, so I think we always were a bit aware that because it's a point-to-point event, there's only so many spaces on trains and how many bikes you can get on is always a bit of a challenge. So there was that... And then um, David Newton, who stays locally to us, you know, we know him, we know the family. He's he's heavily involved in the Scouts, and he had said his daughter was fundraising for the Scouts. I think she was going to the World Jamboree, and he said, "Look, is there anything that she can do?" And I had mentioned to him about the um, getting people to the to the start, and then he, they absolutely took it and ran with it. And now I think they have four coaches going down to the start. They can take obviously cyclists plus a bike. There's lorries that go down that, you know, they pack the bikes expertly. The feedback and the comments that we get, which we have no deserving to get 
for the service that they provide. It's kind of reflected glory on us, which we shouldn't be. But the scouts do an amazing job uh, planning, logistics, getting everyone. And don't get me wrong, they work hard for it and they raise good funds. And I think it's one of those things. I think David said, if you look at the man hours that go into it, you couldn't run it as a business, but because it's all volunteers for a one-off thing to be able to them to raise a reasonably chunky amount of, of, of money, it works. And the cyclists love it because it takes away that logistic, how do I get from Edinburgh to Cramond or, uh, sorry, or from Cramond to Carlisle or vice versa, because they run a bus back in the morning to Carlisle as well. Yeah. So, and yeah. they do a bike shift, a bike, uh, yep. sorry, a, a, a bag drop yep. as well. Bag drop, yep, yep. Which, yep. which I'm going to be taking. Yep. So thank you for the ride today, by the way. That that took away a place on the bus. Yeah. Okay, uh, and, so, and the, there's another charity involvement as well, the Fresh Start thing? Yeah. Uh, so Fresh Start, local Edinburgh homelessness charity, um, that I've supported for a number of years and they uh, provide the cafe at the end, providing coffees, bacon rolls, chilies, what have you. So when people get in at the end of the ride, tired, probably hungry, before the sunrise, they can get some, you know, food. And do you know what? Amazing, the volunteers, they get up there, give up their Saturday night. Uh, uh, Cameron and his family have done it now for a number of years. Our uh, respective partners, Petra and Alison, did it initially, cooking all these bacon rolls for the cyclists. And again, you know, it just hats off to people who are willing to do these things when they aren't invested in it themselves. Per and se. it's an amazing to see how many people actually took part. Because here in Bits Park, you don't necessarily yeah. see them all yeah. together because they're leaving in dribs and drabs. Yeah. You don't see them on the road. And all of a sudden you go in there and it's like, my God, all these people yeah. were on the road. How, any idea how many you're expecting? Sorry, some of you yeah. want to say. I just want to add one thing. Um, Gary won't mention this. Uh, but uh, he puts a lot of time uh, time and effort into Fresh Start himself Yeah. and um, they won the Community Project of the Year award at the Scottish Charity Awards last night so yeah, yeah. no they're an amazing charity do amazing work in Edinburgh helping people move on from homelessness well done there's a lot of people in one place yeah. Uh, Cycle Law Scotland are there handing out the beers, which always strikes me as slightly ironic, <laughs> really, isn't it? They're, they're the ones who help you if you have an accident on your bike, and there they are handing out beers. I always think that's quite funny. Yeah, and big shout outs to Stuart's Brewing and, oh, and Stuart, Stuart's Brewing and Lonehead, who have been great supporters of us of the event from year one. Yeah, yeah phenomenal. And um, the Cycle Law Scotland crew, they turn up on their office tandem and do it as a bit of a relay. Um, uh, on, on the tandem so you know they active participants as well as sponsoring so look I know you're going to have a load of people here to talk to now because folks are starting to arrive so thank you for taking the time out for now and uh, I'll hopefully see you sometime tomorrow morning absolutely we'll see you at the rave or for a beer at the end I can't use the rave copyright oh, leave yeah, all the music yeah, for yeah, you yeah, yeah. see <laughs> um, yeah, but we'll we'll give our normal spiel at sunrise. We yeah. normally say just a few thank yeah. you words at um, at sunrise. So we'll do that. We'll Look raise a glass. Well, I hope I see you there. Right. Thanks Bob. a lot. Cheers Thanks for now. Son. Thanks. Son. The question I didn't get answered and forgot there to ask uh, was how many cyclists. The truth is, no one counts them. So we're going to guess around a thousand. Some head off home before they reach the end, some make it, then turn around and ride back to Carlisle. The challenge really is what you make it. So to that sunrise spear uh, at the end. Our respective wives, Petra and Alison, who I've got to listen to far more right to the sun chat than they probably should do. 
As you'd expect, there's a lot of thank yous to the supporters you've already heard mentioned and to those who've taken part. When we started this, we didn't start with a plan, we just started with a stupid idea. And somehow, we've ended up with the same plan, even though we didn't have one. So, thanks to Fraser for helping me write some of this. But it's all about the sunrise and sharing it with you guys. Thank you so much for turning up. I've had a brilliant night cycling with everybody, chatting along. It's just been a blast. There's no thunderstorms this year, which is amazing. <laughs> Please, June the 22nd next year, we're going to do it again. Same format. You know what it's like. So please come back, tell your pals, bring more pals, and let's do it all again. If you think that sounds fun, you can register your interest in future events at ridetothesun.co.uk. My video of the event is on my YouTube channel, also called Always Another Adventure, and it's linked in the show notes, where you will also find a link to buy me a virtual coffee, just a small payment that goes towards keeping all these podcasts live on the server. You'll notice there are no adverts. This actually costs me money to run, but I think it's good, and I hope you do too. And I hope you'll also join me again next time. I'm Simon Willis. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Goodbye.